Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. This morning on the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. Hey, reminder, join the fan on Wednesday, September 20th from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. for the Radio 1 and Martin University Career Fair. It's all supported by Quest Diagnostics. Get your foot in the door, have your resume reviewed by HR professionals, and get a free headshot. You can do that all September 20th from 10 to 4 at Martin University. For more details, head to 1075thefan.com. All right, coming up in about 30 minutes, we'll have uh, bottom of the hour. We'll have our Colts predictions how the game plays out on Sunday uh, and much more and to talk about the Colts high school and everything in between Greg Rakestraw joins us on the Payless Liquors Hotline here on this football Friday on the fan Greg good morning sir how are you Good morning, Andy. How are you? Uh, we are fantastic. Well, I'm fantastic. I assume KB's fantastic. Oh, He's yeah, over there smiling. He's got his yeah. Notre Dame shirt on, so he should be good to go. I mean, Greg, we were just talking about IU. I mean, you're the high school guy here, one of them, obviously. IU playing on Friday. The Big Ten's going to have these Friday games. Tom, Can we Al- stop this, Rake, by the way? Yeah, Tom, you know, he's been... Yeah, go ahead, Rake. Go ahead, Rake. I appreciate Tom's what Tom had to say about it, and obviously love his passion on the situation. But you guys know that that uh, money talks, and frankly, this is—it's not going to get any better when you go from having seven conference matchups. Obviously, this time of year you got fourteen different kind of television windows. But when you're going to go from seven television windows to nine, somebody's going to be playing on Friday night, and somebody's going to be playing on Friday night every week of the season. Um, I'll admit to you, I don't mind like when I come back from doing a high school football game on a Friday night, um, you know, seeing like some like 1030 or 11 o'clock, like New Mexico State <laughs> game on a Friday. It's, you know, good programming to fall asleep to uh, when, when you get back from a game. But I appreciate what Tom has to say about it. But this isn't going to change anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, just just to follow up quickly, Indiana State in Indiana tonight at 7 o'clock, and then the other one, ESPN2, Illinois and Kansas. And I wanted to say that's a big game, but it is Illinois and Kansas. And, and Purdue's got a Friday night game yeah. coming up. So yeah, I, I just I would like to think, Greg, I don't know, some of these people making these decisions, do they not have kids playing high school football on Friday night? Like, I understand it. Money, money, money. And Kevin, don't act like you were born yesterday. Like, realize how these decisions get made. I totally get that. But there's an element of, like, how much money do you have? Like, I... I I don't know. I know I'm being super yeah, naive you, with, with do, those comments. Do you think a billionaire has ever said, <laughs> no. you know, I've got too much money? I'm I know. I Greg, I'm looking at now. KB like he's got a third eye right I mean, now. Rick, How much like, money can you have? I don't know. Does Kurt Mallory have a kid playing at Terre Haute South? Didn't Tom Allen's kid <laughs> play in, in Florida recently? Like... Marcus Freeman's son starts at Penn. I just feel like with how much do you do you think that any of those coaches have a decision as to when those games are played? No, no, no. And I, I, I'm not saying that 
at all. I, I'm saying you would like to think athletically, school, you know, president-wise, people on the boards, whoever's making it. I know it's mostly a TV decision. Fox people, obviously. Eric Shanks, the president of Fox, pretty much runs the Big Ten. So whatever he says, they will happily do uh, or maybe reluctantly do. But then they look at the money and say, thank you for that. It, it, more than anything, Greg, it's just disappointing. I get it. But it's just a bummer to me that um, I, I think high school has such fond memories of what Friday night is all about. And for that to be taken away because of Indiana, Indiana State, like, come on. Kevin, teams from Piscataway, New Jersey, <laughs> and Eugene, Oregon are now in the same league. Do you think they care about playing high school football on a Friday night and the impact that it has on them? No. I'm not disagreeing with anything you have said in the slightest. Here is the way that this situation, in, in my recollection, has best been handled. And I think we're, we're kind of past this point in terms of, of uh, the, the schools generally caring about this. But the, when this first got broached, either in 2017 or 2018, Purdue played Ohio in a home game at ross Aid Stadium. And they basically went to the five high schools in Tippecanoe County and said, listen, we know we're going to impact your crowd on a Friday night. What we are offering is basically a chance to play at Ross State Stadium the next day rent-free. Instead of playing against our game on Friday night, you come to our campus and play your game on Saturday. I love that. And so there there was a doubleheader the next day. West Lafayette was hosting Crete Monet out of the south side of Chicago, and Harrison and Lafayette Jeff were playing each other. And those two, the other two schools said, thank you, McCutcheon and Central Catholic, no, but we'll, we'll stick with our Friday night game, but thank you for the offer. The other school said, yep, we'll play at your place. And it was really cool. That was the best way that I thought that situation was handled. And so maybe in the future, others can kind of learn from that model. Hmm. And for all of the griping that we do about it on a Friday night. Usually you don't get more than one Friday night game a season. And so if it impacts one of 10 to 14 games you'll play, it's not great, but I kind of live with it in the is what it is category. He is great, Greg Straw. He's with us here on the Payless Slickers Hotline. Obviously, along with the high school duties we can get back into here in just a second, he will have his first regular season postgame show coming up on Sunday. Rake, is it wild to think today is the 10-year anniversary of the last season opening win for the Colts? Uh, the Terrell Pryor game where the Colts played miserably and still won the game. <laughs> I, I don't know yeah, what's what's more wild, Rank, 10 years ago today or the fact that no one from that Colts roster is still in the NFL? That's the National Ooh. Football League, man. I mean, that's, that's just the turnover. Seemingly every position other than quarterback, you're, you're going to get that. Um, I, I guess the way that I would phrase it is this. Given how disappointed we all were with how the season opener played out in Houston last year, Let's just take a moment to reflect that that's the best opening day result for the Colts in nine years. God, that's no. not good. No. Um, and, and again, you know, for, for Shane Steichen, he doesn't care about that. That's not on his watch. I get it. I understand it. But uh, thanks for giving me a, a, a rehash into my mind what the weekend after Labor Day has been like in the Rakestraw household for the last decade. Thank you for that. Greg Rakestraw joining us here on The Fan. Um, I, I don't know. What, what are you? It's a generic question. What, what are you expecting to see from Anthony Richardson on Sunday? But also, and we've talked about this, you know, the offensive line needs to show uh, that last year was an anomaly. The defensive line needs to make plays, especially 
especially in the second half. What sorts of things are you interested in in game one? Well, I'll tell you what, let's, let's jump on the offensive line thing. Uh, and it's just because there have been so many other problems, issues, concerns, developments, new faces, because there was little done to address it. And we do have a history of success, even if it wasn't last year, with some of the key pieces that are on that offensive line. There has almost been this assumption, hey, they're going to be better, right? Well, we're going to find that out uh, a little more than 48 hours from now. Um, that's generally kind of how I think it's going to be as well. But we don't know. Um, for all of the changes, differences, and unknowns, there are two areas where, where we go, we think it's going to be better, but you don't know. Offensive line and Shaquille Leonard. In other words, like, hey, we, 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 we think they're in a better spot than they were a year ago, but we're going to find out. And so for all the different question marks that any team has going into a season opener, especially this team going into a season opener, those are the two things that are most similar. In other words, hey, you know the names. They've been here for a while. They've been really good areas for this football team in the past. But what's left? We're going to find out come 1 o'clock Sunday afternoon. And he is the one and only Greg Rakestraw. He's with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Shifting gears to week four of the high school scene, Rake is the old Mudsock game, the undefeated Tigers and Royals. Is that the uh, game of the night here locally? There is there is a crazy amount. This is always rivalry week. So HSD Fishers, Brownsburg-Avon, uh, Chittard Cathedral, New Pal Mount Vernon all get played tonight. So, the, so the, the various rivalry games are fantastic. And yes, HSE Fishers, I'm not sure these two teams have ever been this good simultaneously. You know, HSE was a couple of plays away from playing in the state championship game last year. Fishers brings back a lot of key pieces and, and multiple Division One talents on that team. I think Fishers is, is a really good football team. I saw them in week number two. But the other unique game that has a lot of folks' attention, and it's the game that I am doing tonight, is Ben Davis and IMG. Uh, How did that game happen? Pardon me? How did that game happen? So that game, my assumption is that IMG sends out kind of feelers across the country in terms of teams to play. They've got a couple of kids from the Brownsburg area uh, in Allo and, and, and Jackson on that team. Kids that played at Brownsburg when they were younger decided to make the move to IMG in the course of the last couple of years. I'm assuming part of that is to get them a game close to home, but also just, hey, this is a, you know, Ben Davis is a nationally recognizable program because of the success they have had in the state of Indiana. So this game, I hate the fact that it replaces Ben Davis and Center Grove, but Ben Davis and Center Grove have, <laughs> have found opponents like IMG and Moeller to play so they get a good test in week number four. Um, but, but can Ben Davis hang with one of clearly the best teams in the nation in this age group? I really think they can. Um, you know, Ben Davis's best team in, in, in my 25 years of doing this was the 2017 state championship team. I can't compare them to Dick Dullahan's 91 team that were crowned national champions at the end of the end of the year. I can't do that. I know how, how jaw-droppingly good the 17 team was. I'm not sure if this team is as good as that team, but I do think this team 
can be the best team in the state if they could get past Center Grove later this year in the postseason. So um, Fisher's HSE, the best, I'll use the air quotes here, traditional game, but the Ben Davis IMG game certainly has my attention, and not just because that's the game that I'm calling tonight. All right, I'm the son of a Chittard grad. My mother went to Chittard. I, my wife went to Chittard as well. Can I get a line on my Irish against Chittard? What should Ooh. be the what, what should be the friendly wager in the Bowen household? Do I, is it a touchdown? Is it a little more than that? What am I what am I looking at here? All right, so this is where I want to point out that you should not gamble on high school football. Um, Well, KB always loses these bets. Greg, I've been here for three, four weeks, and my man's been bringing in, what, rum and six-packs and Uh Oktoberfest and everything else. I did have the line four and a half last night. Yeah, I was drunk on a daily basis. He sped right by the exit and missed that completely. So one more time, you should not bet on high school football. Uh, There there are programs for things like that. This is a PSA from Rick. But in the spirit of answering your question, Irish by four and a half. How about that? <laughs> there we four go. Yeah, got it. Okay, four and a half. You land right. the four and a half. Thank KB. you, right there. Yeah. You're welcome. I'm going to turn my mic off and send some bets. On. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh goodness, Greg Regstraw joins us. How many? Just, just uh, IMG has how many D1 players? Do you think on it? Like roughly? Uh, they've, they've got five commits that I know. Of. I'm yeah. sure there are more. They've had a kid draft in the first round after their college days, obviously, uh, in each of the last four years. Uh, they, you know, they've only been playing football down there for about a decade. Uh, right. and, and it's fitting that we bring this up as the U.S. Open is taking place. The origin of IMG is the old Nick Bolletary Tennis Academy. And, and after a while it became, hey, maybe we can do this in other sports as well. And obviously they've done that in football. They've done that in basketball. Um, and so, they, you know, football factory has a negative connotation. But that's, 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 that's yeah. kind of what it has become because they are producing kids that are going to major colleges. So the commits that I know of, uh, Colorado, Georgia, Oklahoma, Oof. Liberty, and Texas, and I think that describes defensive end, running back, um, quarterback. Uh, I'm, I'm missing one of those. But I, think, I think a corner is, is the kid that's going to be going uh, to Georgia, and I guarantee you there will be more. Now, Ben Davis has a couple of Mid-American Conference kids. Mark Zachary, who's a junior, can pick which school he wants to go to uh, in the future. So my guess would be that this Ben Davis team probably has four or five hmm. Division One kids on it as well, which is why, again, I, I think they can be competitive. Give you an idea of how good Ben Davis is, Andy. Their backup quarterback took a visit to Pittsburgh last week. Yeah, it's a lot of talent. Quarterback who is a junior, so Ben Davis has some talent too. Yeah, as a Notre Dame fan, I was very excited to see them offer Mark Zachary here recently. Ray, correct me if I'm wrong. Kevin Wright used to be the head coach at right. IMG, and it's it's Mike uh, Mike Bray's kid, Kyle Bray, right? He's the head coach there now. Um, I, don't, I got, I got to double check on 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 Kyle being the head coach down there now because uh, I've been focusing on players, not so much the coaching staff. But you are correct, Kevin. You know, obviously, Kevin did great things at, at Warren and at Carmel. Here was the head coach at Trinity for a brief period of time. But yes, he spent time at IMG as well. And you've got Tuesday. You've got is that the Florida Badunga soccer game? That is the Florida Badunga soccer game heading up to Walter <laughs> Cross Field for Kokomo and Logan. Yes, six thirty kickoff. Gosh, I love that. That's I do. the idea that was hatched on this show seven days ago. How yes. about that? And it's, I don't know if we can share this, Rake, but I'm very excited to have in the calendar you and I heading up US 31 in a few months to watch Micah Shrewsbury and my Irish. I cannot wait. 
And so this is the part to bring the conversation full circle from all the 47 seconds ago. What you do is you put in Mike's head that, hey, let Zachary play basketball as well. That way Notre Dame gets a two-sport kid that way. <laughs> Look at this. I like where you're at here. Gosh, Micah Shrewsbury needs to hire Rake as a consultant. He's already hired like two of my friends. We're good. <laughs> you know, with, with, with Brian Snow and, and, and Ryan Owens being on the staff, I got enough buddies on that staff. We're in good shape. Rake, have a great call tonight, Ben Davis, IMG, and I will see you in the press box on Sunday. All right, sounds good, my friend. Take care, guys. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. All right, coming up at the top of the hour, Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, will be joining us. You'll hear him on the call, all the pregame coverage and everything else beginning 9 a.m. on Sunday as we get you ready for Week 1. Cannot wait, NFL Week 1. The Chiefs lost. Uh, one of my personal nemesis, Canarius Tony, threw the game last night. Uh, I'm feeling good about it. I feel good about all of it. I don't mind saying that I'm feeling good about all of it. Did you happen to see KB, and we're going to give our predictions I think you guys have already basically on the website given your predictions so we can talk about the season, the game on Sunday, and everything else. We'll do that here in just a second. Did you see what Sean Payton told, uh, and this is from the reporting of uh, Seth Wickersham, uh, what he told Russell Wilson? Did you see any of this? Uh, I did not see that specific comment, but from what I gather, Sean Payton's crazy. Uh, well, Sean Payton told Russell Wilson basically, "You need to be, you need to resurrect your career and stop worrying about your image and that sort of thing." And he told him, "Will you freaking stop kissing all the babies? You're not running for public office," is what he told I feel Russell like Sean Wilson. Payton is still getting used to the uh, high altitude in Colorado. Uh, listen, listen, I, 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 going off on wait, everybody. I'm, I'm with, I'm with Sean Payton on this one. Say, Are you not? I don't think he's wrong. I, I think mean, he's exactly. Yeah. Russell Wilson needed somebody to tell him that, and Sean Payton is the guy to tell him. Like they showed Goodell last night in one of those, you know, suites. I half expected Russell Wilson to be sitting next to him. <laughs> I mean, isn't that like where you expect Wilson now? Like just front row of every award show with Sierra, yeah. and then you know, oh, he's next to Goodell here. He's next to Goodell there. Yeah, I'm totally good with it. By the way, am I missing something here? Uh oh. Uh oh. I, I, we're going to give out our picks here coming up. I feel like a lock for this weekend. Are we all with the Bengals minus two and a half over the Browns? Yes. I, is yes. that a Burrow injury line? Is that what that is? No, it's an NFL. The, well, the Browns, you know, it's in Cleveland. You know, I, I don't know. Is it going to snow there? I'm kidding. I mean, it's in Cleveland. I don't know. Like, it, I ask this in all seriousness. Is Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon hurt? Like, am I... No, everyone's good to go. Well, Cleveland's getting respect. Deshaun Watson's back. That is the one line of all the NFL lines that really stand out to me from this weekend of like one I feel pretty good about. Um, I'll take Cincinnati. I mean, two and a half. Okay, so you so you, you feel good field. about it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what that means. Well, <laughs> I feel you good, good about the Lions. I know. Last night. I know. No, I know. I need to give you. I tell you, there's a bunch of the, the games are great. I mean, like, yeah, Titan, it's good opening. Weekend. It is like Titan Saints. Like you can laugh at it, but you know, I was looking. You know, just kind of scanning. You know, we're gonna. I don't know. We can give our picks to you know who's gonna win the AFC East or something. So I'm just scanning all these different predictions, and like no one has any idea what. 
to do with the NFC South. They have no idea, KB, what to do with it. Who's yeah. going to win the, the they, NFC South? Yeah. I'm not a Derek Carr guy, okay? So Derek Carr going to the Saints, I'm like, is there going to be that much different than Andy Dalton if he's there with the Saints? I'm not a huge Dennis Allen as a head coaching fan anyway. So And, and I think Tennessee is going to be better than I think all of you do. I think everyone here is done with Tennessee and has moved on. I, I tend to think, think them in Jacksonville is going to be a fight no. for the no. South. You get the Mike Vrabel factor. Yeah, that yeah. guy Vra- gets Vrabel. his team up. Like, you feel like he'll win nine games just because they're Vrabel, yeah, you just right? you fall out of bed in November. It's like, God, Tennessee's still in they're it. They're still around. So, okay, I mean, so this show's different. Didn't Tennessee have a lead on Jacksonville in that season finale? Yeah. And if Tennessee wins that game with whoever the hell was well, playing quarterback I think it was... Oh, it wasn't. Was it Dobbs? Dobbs or Willis? Whoever yeah, it was. I think it was Dobbs. They win the AFC South yeah, last I mean, year. Like, pa- Jacksonville doesn't have the opportunity to do what they did with the Chargers. So, I mean, Packers Bears is good. Eagles have to go on the road to New England. Dolphins Chargers is a great game. Giants Cowboys Bills Jets. Uh, I mean, there's only Steelers Niners is pretty uh, intriguing. Yeah, to yeah me. I mean, like I think the Steelers win that game straight up. Like I'll go money line on Pittsburgh there. What I just, is that? That's a small line. Two and a half. Yeah. Two two and a half. Uh, San Francisco. But uh, I mean, Cardinals and Commanders is a stinker. But Washington could get a win. Uh, Baltimore should beat up on te- on the Texans. But that's about it. I mean, really, it's a great slate for Week One. I have a Super Bowl pick that I just feel so dirty even picking. Well, let's go. Fans are gonna hate it. Okay, so fans here are gonna hate well, it. Everywhere. Okay, every. Well, I, everywhere. No, I was, well, yeah. I was trying to think who the who yeah. the Colts fans from, from would the hate. Philippines to Argos, Indiana. Okay, yeah. well, who is it? Let's go. I got Jets and Cowboys. What you, the you, hell, you, you Kevin? disgust me. I, you know what? Okay, so you know the you know Stephen A. Smith and in, in like all those shows, you know Stephen A. Smith and all the Skip Bayless shows. God, they I always, hope you're not comparing. No, no, hang on. They them. always do. There's always a viral video where they get they're so exasperated by something that one of the guys has said that they walk out of the room. Like Richard Sherman said that playing corner in the NFL is more difficult than wide receiver, and Michael Irvin had to get up. Right, he had to get up and walk out of the room and compose himself Th- that's how i feel <laughs> yeah that is a pretty yeah, disgusting yeah. super bowl match. I, I, I yeah know it's dirty. Is, the, is the rum in here dirty? get your damn act together oh, no you, thank you you and the cowboys no thing thank you on both sides of me. that i mean the cowboys are what they got to be one of the higher nfc favorites oh no they they're probably third or fourth yeah oh yeah there's then, no doubt about okay, it okay let's go back to the jets last year all right oh and, and I, let's i know take, i know let's take the hard knocks aaron Rodgers. this moderna that well let's all put that to to the side we're putting Moderna to the side. The Jets started the month of December last year as a 7-4 and four football team. And look at the quarterback, I guess plural, that Joe Flacco. We're playing for them. Joe Flacco. And, and, Mike and White, Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. I mean, yeah, like, I, I understand. Seven and four football team, and I'm not acting like Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Aaron Rodgers did win back-to-back MVPs in 2020 and 2021. So I don't think this is a Matt Ryan experience here. No, but no. all of a sudden, if you just get competent quarterback play, they walk into the playoffs last season. Now I think it's a very hard division, and honestly, I could probably talk myself. I would say into about a handful of AFC teams. I'll be curious where you guys go with your AFC picks. NFC, to me, is kind of a pool of three. 
it's it's Philly, it's San Fran, and it's and it's Dallas. AFC, I think you can go a little bit deeper. So again, I know it's dirty. I'll do two showers. Today. It's dirty, man. I'll, I'll, I'll go Ooh. Jets and Cowboys. Oh, that 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 is. A, I will say this. The and again, this is coming from the guy that picked the Raiders last year. The the thing that would worry me about the Jets the most, and and again, I love to laugh and enjoy the misery of the New York Jet fan. And I think a lot of people, even like if you don't give a damn in Indianapolis, you do because they're on hard knocks, and it's going to be talked about on ESPN and Mike Greenberg's going to be, you know, loving himself some Jets and everything else. So enjoying their misery has been something over my 39 years on this earth that I've had a lot of fun with. The thing that's the only thing that scares me is 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 just there there is there's a virus Okay, no and, and the where, Jets. Where the are you Jets, going with this one, the with Rogers? Jets, the Jets have a virus as a as a is as an a organization. Rex as, as an organization, um, they're a lot like the Mets. You know, Verlander can win a Cy Young, and he goes to the Mets like Scherzer, and he can't throw. He can't throw at all. Wait, they have Mets, to get rid of Mets them. Fans, Giants Jets, fans. No, they're though? Jets fans. It's Mets no, and Jets. Yeah, it's okay. Mets and Jets. And so the Jets oh, yeah, have. You're that, a Yankees guy. Yeah, with the, the, the Jets it. have that. Same stink, KB, to them. And and that's what it's the stink that worries me. And in real talk, it's I don't love their offensive line. And, you know, Aaron, the Aaron Rodgers, if he gets hit, you know, he he jams a finger, breaks a finger on a helmet. So, stuff that could happen to anybody. Stuff that could happen to Anthony Richardson. Stuff that could happen to Justin Herbert that could happen, uh, you know, that could have happened last night to Pat Mahomes and everything else. So I, I know it's easy to say, Wayne, well, you don't like him because you're worried about an injury to the quarterback and that ruins every team. That would be the only thing. I mean, like the East could listen. The AFC East could have three teams in the postseason. Like who? Yeah, like, I, I really like Miami, and, and I've always enjoyed well, Buffalo. Well, here's the thing: the one reason that I like what the Colts did in getting Anthony Richardson is, I, I mean, you got a boom in the AFC, don't you? I, I mean, there's going to be. Damn good quarterbacks that just don't make it. Oh, without I mean loaded teams that don't make the postseason I mean, Andy, in the AFC. He had seven playoff teams last year, and all seven quarterbacks under the age of twenty-seven. All seven drafted by that team. And before we get to your guys' Super Bowl picks, I, I want to go back and, and I apologize for kind of falling into this trap at times, but I just think it's natural to to do it considering the market that we're in. Rick Carlisle. You go back to Tyrese Halliburton's contract extension a few months ago, and at that press conference, Rick Carlisle mentioned how right before the trade for Halliburton that the Pacers were in a really dark place as a franchise. And I thought it was a very candid moment from Carlisle. And I, when he first said it, I was like, man, that seems a, heart, a, a bit drastic. But then, in a way, I was like, yeah, I mean... They kind of were. Like, the previous operation of Oladipo and Sabonis and Turner as these bigs, it clearly was not working. Malcolm Brogdon was, you know, incredibly hurt. Where were you going to turn? You, you needed something. And the Colts have never had someone publicly mention that, but the Colts have been in a dark place. Well, I would make yeah. the argument the Colts have maybe been in a darker place than the Pacers have been in. And the Colts finally, finally have created... Some light. Now, again, it's way down there. I mean, if we're in the tunnel, Andy, Mm -hmm. it is so far down there. But you're at least in the tunnel with a map in your hand, and you've gotten modern, and you've created this. This is the style of quarterback. This is the type of head coach that can make this pairing work. And I said it to open up the show. I think as a fan, A, it's a very exciting, intriguing time to be a fan of the Colts and the Pacers. But B, 
I think what you want as a fan more than anything is the ability to feel like you have kind of this six to eight year window. And Matt Ryan wasn't going to give it to you. Carson Wentz was not going to be a resurrection project that was going to give you that. Phillip Rivers obviously wasn't going to give you that based off his age. So now you have gotten back to the, again, time fo- timeline, modern style quarterback that I think is necessary to try and get there. It's not a guarantee you're going to get there, but at least you have attempted that. And I think if you are a Colts fan right now, that should be where your excitement level is 48 hours away from the season starting. Well, you have a chance to boom. Anthony Richardson has a chance to boom. And there were other quarterbacks that you could have taken uh, if you go a year or so with Gardner Minshew. If you go with, I don't want to pick on him, Will Levis, right? I mean, fits into that mold. I'm not a C.J. Stroud fan as well. And you look at Anthony Richardson, you, you, you know, I, what would Shane Sykin call him? He had superpowers. Is is that is that the phrase? That yeah, he when used? he gets out of the Wednesday, pocket, he yeah, has some that he has yeah. some superpowers. I mean, that's the kind of boom that you have to have when the Dolphins are a loaded roster. Josh Allen and the Bills are loaded right now. For the next couple years, the Jets are going to be loaded. The Ravens, Bengals, Steelers. We talked about the Titans. You wake up and you're like, okay, they've won eight nine games. They could be in the postseason. The Chiefs have a generational player. Hell, I think the Chargers missed the playoffs this year and the Chargers have a top quarterback um so I, I listen I'm with you I mean the, the Colts they, listen it may not it may not work out it's understandable but they're but they're taking a big swing but at, at least it you've got Richardson bat off your shoulders in years past, exactly you didn't get the bat off your shoulders you were you know and I feel like I'm listening to my dad you know coach me in Little League back in the day of swing like at least swing you know and, and that's what I don't feel like they were doing Enough in years past. All right, All right look, you want my Super Bowl? Let's hear you guys' boring ass Super Bowl picks. All right, I, I mean, I'm taking Philly beating the Bengals. Boring. I just, I just listen. I, I that's got to be up there is probably one of the more like probably. Well, I don't like anyone picks. in the NFC yeah. North to to make it. I don't like anyone in the NFC South to make the Super Bowl. And a lot of people are taking the Niners, and I'm just not there with Brock Purdy and the Niners uh, making it. I, I kind of like Seattle this year again. But are we? Am I putting Geno Smith it's... into the Super Bowl? And the answer is no. So, and I'm not a Dak guy with the Cowboys. So otherwise, I'm basically down to the Niners and the Eagles. And, you know, I have a bias against uh, the Cowboys. And then I'm looking at like guys like Geno Smith or the Lions or my Giants. And I just those teams just don't have enough uh, the roster. So I think Philly's going to make the Super Bowl. I think I got lucky last year that they didn't win it. And this year I'm going to have to sit in here with you guys, hopefully, on that uh, leading up to the Super Bowl those two weeks and that Monday and be sad. I'm going to be sad, man. You know, one of the reasons that I like Dallas is I think the Stephon Gilmore trade is great for them. I mean, you have a pairing of Trayvon Diggs, you know, one of the best corners in football, and then you get Stephon Gilmore opposite him with that pass rush. I'll go a step further. You know, because I, I, you I need know. two corners in that division for your eagle. I mean, not your Eagles, oh, but your, your your Eagles oh. pick of A.J. Brown. Oh, you're and, trying to kill me today. And Devontae Smith. You're the one that... Mark that, is smiling that right now. Them. Well, listen, I, listen I, I, I think my Giants got a great shot to make the playoffs. 
playoffs, but oh. I, I'm not the kind of guy no. that's going to put them in the in the damn Super Bowl. And in the AFC, I mean, the East, who knows? Figure that out. I actually like the Ravens and thought about putting them in the Super Bowl, but Lamar Jackson doesn't play well in the postseason. He's he doesn't. He couldn't finish a full season of games yet. Well, no, but say. I mean, he, he's, he's got to stay healthy in December no, before you talk about yeah, them. In the he's got to be healthy in December and string a couple playoff wins and big moments together uh, before I think that they're just going to kind of make a run there. But I think Baltimore will be in the postseason. I've got the 49ers and Bengals in the Super Bowl and Joe Burrow lighting up a cigar in Allegiant Stadium by the end of the I night. I just can't do 49ers again. That <laughs> NF- the NFC is pretty weak, though. I know, I know. What if the Colts were in the NFC? Oof. God, that'd be a dream. If I just threw him in yeah. the NFC I mean, South. I mean, the NFC is... The, <laughs> the NFC, NFC South is a legit, like, all four teams are rebuilding, basically. Big Ten West. I mean, that's that, That's exactly what it is. I mean, thank the Lord we got Jacksonville in the AFC South to have <laughs> some sort of respect. I, I've seen people that have mentioned Jacksonville as, like, the number one or two seed based off the schedule. I think Peter King had them maybe as his number one seed based off this schedule. Right, like they can win five out of the six games or something like that in the and South. And they get Kansas City yeah. at home next week. So, yeah, I think that's something that. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. I already talked some Colts and Jags with Matt Taylor here. In just a second, the uh, second unit headed by Tyrus Halliburton in the game for the United States. And just like that, a 10-point lead has become a tie ball game here. So we'll continue to keep you updated on the semifinals. Germans were up 10 early, but Halliburton, Austin Reeves, Paolo Boncaro and company continue to spark things for the Americans. Speaking of sparking things, Matt Taylor, um, a little birdie has told me you might be celebrating something today. Is that right? Uh, I appreciate I appreciate you. Uh, actually, Sunday, uh, day day of game. Wow, uh, day of game birthday. birthday birthday week one, man. Can awesome. we get sixty thousand singing? <laughs> Happy birthday <laughs> to you! Happy birthday, Matt Taylor! Happy birthday to you! Very disjointed. Happy birthday. Yeah, what is that song? It sounded like Coco Melon. I think it's from Coco Melon. I think that's exactly right, Kev. Matt, uh, I don't know if that was your kid's rendition there, but apologies for just a putrid effort there. Yeah, I don't know who sang it better. You or my three-year-old, mm-hmm. but uh, it's, it's fantastic right out of the gate. No, I appreciate you guys. It's uh, That's very thoughtful of you, but after a while, you stop counting the days, man. You stop counting the years, and your birthday just turns into another day, in this case, Sunday in week one. We're still a year or two away from the big four zero, right? We are. Yeah, we got right. we got a couple of years. Okay. Yeah, we're 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 still in the safe zone. Yeah, before yeah. my mid, before my midlife crisis kicks in. Uh, sure. Yeah, you're sure. going to be owning a Corvette here in a couple of years. I turn forty <laughs> next year, and you. I mean, Matt, when you're going well, you know, it's just another year and it's another day. You sound a hundred years old when you say that. Just so you know, you sound a hundred. <laughs> 
Well, KB, you want to tell him? You want to you want to give Andy a little glimpse into my personality here? Yeah, that's, he's that. an old soul. <laughs> I, I, I would say that's an accurate accurate <laughs> statement. Again, it'll be Colts and Jags coming up Sunday at one. Our coverage begins at nine o'clock. Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts. Uh, joins us here. Matt, I always enjoy our Friday combos because, you know, there are times where I think we can kind of get away from the actual matchup and I enjoy kind of diving into it with you. I've mentioned this all week long. I think the Colts defensive line is just such an important unit for this matchup. Um, I think they have an advantage there. I think it's a unit given the young nature to your secondary, and I think the secondary is facing arguably the best wideout group we'll see all year, that you really need your front to disrupt some things. Um, For me, late-game moments, for this to be you know a one-score game back and forth, the two-minute warning matters, I think your defensive line has got to be the best unit on the field. Yeah, I I couldn't agree. I mean, you talk about, you know, uh, units that have something to prove or units that need to play well in order for the Colts to win. Yeah, absolutely on defense. I mean, you you got to get after Trevor Lawrence, and we've talked about it ad nauseum all offseason. I mean, the Colts had, had 44 sacks last year, but, you know, were they the most impactful sacks, right? Did they come at the most uh, opportunistic times? Probably not. So you just can't let – you can't let Trevor Lawrence get into a groove back there and go 20 for 22 like he did last year at Lucas Oil Stadium. I mean, if you look at his numbers through four games against the Colts career-wise, he's completing 70% of his passes. Uh, in four games, he's he's reached that percentage at least three times. So he's a really good quarterback. He's got some mobility. you got to keep him in the pocket because he does have – you know, not like Anthony Richardson, but he's got athleticism where he can hurt you with his legs. And you just got, you have to help the secondary somehow, some way, and you've got to generate pressure. And obviously, if you're Gus Bradley, he would like to generate that, you know, organically, if you will, with just rushing four. And you're really solid in the interior with uh, DeForest Buckner and Grover Stewart. But it's it's a big year for those third-year guys, Quiddy Pay and Dio Adengbo you got to get some pass rush, obviously, from Samson Ebicom. But you have to help the secondary with those new, fresh faces and Dallas Flowers and Daryl Baker Jr. when they're trying to slow down some of the, like you said, some of the best receivers, you know, the compilation of receivers and targets they're going to see all year. And Christian Kirk and Zay Jones and Ingram, who's not really a tight end, he's not really a wide receiver. He's kind of like you know Travis Kelsey, just a versatile, good football player. Um, so they have a lot of guys they can throw the football to. And, oh, by the way, Calvin Ridley's here now, right? a 1,300-yard receiver the last time he was healthy in 2020. So just help that secondary. Just get him off schedule just a little bit. You know, Make him throw it before he wants to by a half second. Disrupt throws, alter throws, get in his face. You know, If you don't get five, six sacks in this game, that's okay. But just be impactful. The pass rush needs to have a place on Sunday where Trevor Lawrence isn't back there just completing a, a crazy number, of, you know, a, a crazy efficient number of passes. If he's in the 80% completion percentage on Sunday, I don't know if the Colts can, can hold up. I think that might be a long day for their defense considering the weapons that, that Lawrence has and the great quarterback he turned into you know, the back half of last season. So the pass rush obviously has to be impactful 
some way in the passing game coming up on Sunday. Matt Taylor joins us here on the Fan Pay Less Liquors Hotline on this Football Friday. Uh, you mentioned Calvin Ridley. That's kind of what I was going to ask. You know, what looks different? We know a lot of the same guys, same quarterback, uh, second year with that coaching staff. What's the same? What's different with Jacksonville as you prepare for this game? What, what have you noticed? Well, I mean, they're just they were just a completely different team in the last, you know, like I said, the last nine games of the season last year. They just were one of the best teams in the NFL, quite frankly, right? They went seven and two in that stretch. Trevor Lawrence you know, was top five in everything. Uh, passer rating, completion percentage, uh, touchdown to interception ratio was like fifteen to two in that stretch. I mean, he was just on fire and you know, that offense, they ran the ball better with ETN. But the biggest thing that I noticed or just, you know, kind of crunching the numbers offensively from the first half to the last half, they just didn't beat themselves. They they cut down on drop passes. They cut down on turnovers. They were much better in the red zone in the last nine weeks. Um, so they, they think they have some real momentum and some real confidence about them. I mean, if you look at some of the quotes – from Trevor Lawrence, uh, you know, this week and in training camp, he just seems like he's just uber confident. I mean, he's just beaming with confidence in himself and obviously that great, you know, arsenal of weapons around him. Um, So this is a team that I think expectation-wise has a lot on their shoulders, whereas the Colts, you know, nationally expectations, those really just don't exist. So I think that might play in the Colts, you know, favor in this game. I mean, Week number one, right out of the gate, you're trying to you know show what you got in a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback. Uh, you get the defending AFC South champs at your place right out of the gate. I mean, this is a good a good barometer game for the Colts to see where they're at, but also I mean maybe they can get the Jacksonville Jaguars early because they do have a lot of expectations on them. They might be feeling the pressure after winning the division last year. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you, you, that's a better question for the players, but but certainly the Colts have. I think something going for them because they did play well against this team in week six last year uh, on both sides of the ball at times defensively. I know they still gave up 27 points, but offensively they were able to move it. It was a big game for Alec Pierce. It was a big game for Deion Jackson in the passing game. It was a huge game for Michael Pittman Jr. He had a career high 13 catches for 134 yards. So they did show on the outside with their receivers that they could win those matchups they could push the ball down the field. And I think the Colts have plenty of shots in their playbook with Anthony Richardson to get explosive plays, to be more efficient on offense, and, and, and to, to help this defense not have to shoulder all of that responsibility on Sunday to keep the Colts in the game. Uh, Matt Taylor with us. Just as a follow-up, because you kind of went where I was going to go next, and there's no way to know this. And listen, we, we will all find out together on Sunday and as the season goes here. How much do you think offensively they just haven't showed at all? Right, right now, like you, when you go, you're going to call this game, and I mean, you might see a bunch of stuff early on that we haven't seen at all, whether it be the practices with the Bears, the two preseason games that Anthony Richardson played in. I mean, it could look a lot different, I would imagine, on Sunday. Oh, it, it's going to look completely different. I mean, uh, this is just me spitballing here, but I mean, percentage-wise of the playbook that we have seen in practice and in, in pre-preseason games, I'm going to say less than 10%. I mean, I, I know you're Agreed. going to see a lot of RPOs. You're going to see a lot of RPOs. You know, the Eagles the last two years, they led the NFL in RPOs in each of the last two seasons in, in 21 and 22. Um, so there's no doubt that's going to be, you know, a, a focus of the offense. But 
there's different degrees of RPOs, and I don't think we've seen the most sophisticated, you know, RPOs uh, in, in training camp practice and certainly in preseason games. So I'm just incredibly excited. I mean, schematically, I don't think we're anywhere close to seeing the real product yet. Uh, Anthony Richardson, I think, is just going to be completely unleashed to go make plays, uh, be put in good situations in the passing game. Uh, I'm just really, really excited. I mean, to me, I, I mean, I, this is a bad analogy, but I've been saying this is like Christmas morning, man. Unwrap your presents, see what you got. Uh, you know, maybe you don't. Maybe we need to put some some new batteries in this <laughs> this toy, or this toy matches up with what I already got for my birthday or Christmas last year. We kind of marry some things together. We get creative. I mean, that's that's what I'm excited for in this game because I have no idea what to expect for the Colts. I think they're going to line up in a lot of different formations. I think they're going to have a ton of uh, different uh, in various uh, position groups and, and skill groups on the field at different times. So I think it's exciting because, you know, if, you, if you're Doug Peterson uh, and you're Mike Caldwell for the Jacksonville Jaguars, you're having to go back and thumb through a lot of notes and watch a lot of film, right? You're watching film on Richardson in college. You're watching stuff from the Eagles, no doubt. You're watching stuff from – you know, you're watching your own tape from Jacksonville last year because the uh, Jim Bob Cooter connection. So there's just a lot of stuff they're having to spend time on this this week in order to get ready for the Colts that are so fresh because there's no game tape with Shane Steichen and uh, Anthony Richardson together. Yeah, the whole batteries in the toys always frustrates me when they don't just come with batteries yeah. in the toys. You got to like, have the batteries. You got to buy them. Yeah, yeah, I'll pay the extra dollar fifty for the toy if you just don't make me scramble on Christmas morning to find the batteries. Yeah, for now, the toy. now I'm going to Wal- now I'm going to Walgreens at ten thirty in the morning on, on Christmas morning. <laughs> taking Thanks a lot. Taking batteries out of the base out of the basement remote to make sure the toy works for Rosie, and then I forget that there's no batteries in the basement remote. Uh, Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, joins us here again coming up 1 o'clock on Sunday. It's Colts and Jags. You guys obviously just touched on the unknown with Indy. I think on the flip side of that, obviously there will be an unknown for Anthony Richardson and what he is going to face. And by that I mean this. You look back in the preseason, Matt, it was just unfortunate that the Colts had a different approach than the other teams in the preseason. I get why the other teams didn't play their starters, but you, you know Richardson was out there for nine series. He never saw a starting defense. And I was thinking about this last night watching Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes is such an, an amazing thrower of the football. I don't think opposing defenses think they can spy him because they feel the need that they need an extra guy in coverage. Well, I think Anthony Richardson is going to have a spy against him early on in this you know, rookie season. He's got to prove himself as a thrower before teams start to have that sort of debate. And it got me mm-hmm. thinking, Matt, like, what would you spy him with? Like, do you go linebacker and think, you know, right, you, you, right. You, you want your DBs back there, obviously in the secondary, but, you know, linebackers don't run 4-4 very often in the NFL. And then if you go DB, if you have like a safety that weighs 205 pounds, that safety is giving up 50 pounds. And trying to right. bring Anthony Richardson down to the open field is no easy task. So, I don't know. that That's just a part of, you know, the chess match I think we're about to see on Sunday and really every week with Richardson. Of how do teams account for the leg playmaking ability we did see in the preseason when obviously teams are not spying him? No, that's exactly right. And that's where the RPO game comes into to, to, to play there because the RPO, if it's executed well and and if, if you get the correct looks for the RPO that's called, you know, it, it should be executed so where that you're not – you're right all the time, right? You take what the defense 
gives you, right? And and if that means Anthony Richardson on 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 six or seven RPOs runs it uh, instead of handing the football off or to you know to Evan Hole or Zach Moss or throwing a quick slant to Michael Pittman Jr., that's fine. And you're exactly right. I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to line back? Are you going to line up? You know, Devin Lloyd or. Um, you know, uh, Olakon uh, on him. I mean, that, that's that's advantage Anthony Richardson because he's going to be the most athletic guy and the biggest and fastest guy on the field, regardless of Colts offense, Jacksonville defense. So, yeah, I, I'm going to be interested to see how they kind of use him in the running game and also how Jacksonville tries to, to negate that. Um, but to me, the biggest thing for Anthony Richardson on Sunday, you know, I know this week he talked about goals for the early part of the season and his rookie season in totality. You know, I mean, we're going to have a lot of time to diagnose his completion percentage and yards per attempt and all these quarterback metrics that we use to uh, decide, you know, what, what group, you know, quarterbacks should be in, things like that. But for me on Sunday, just with this game, week number one, as it relates to just this Sunday for the Colts. I just want to see Anthony Richardson make good decisions and play fast and keep the Colts out of negative and, quite frankly, disastrous plays, right? I don't want to see turnovers deep inside your own territory. Uh, I don't want to see turnovers in the red zone that cost you points, make good decisions on third down. I mean, we saw that, that game right out of the gate in the preseason where – He's running an RPO. The timing of the play gets all out of whack. He has that little bit of a hitch in his throw, throws the pick. It's okay to throw the ball away, or it's okay, quite frankly, to to take a sack or a tackle for loss and punt the ball. I mean, this is going to sound silly, but how much better off would the Colts have been last year by just punting the ball oh, a more times question. per game mm-hmm. instead of turning it over? I mean, they, they, they lost six games last year by one score. They they, it's not a hyperbole. They probably win a handful more games last year if they just don't have that crazy number of turnovers. So it's okay to just go to the next series and learn and talk it over on the sideline instead of trying to force the ball and be a hero right out of the gate. So he's going to make plays. There's going to be ups. There's going to be downs. There's no question about that. But I, I want to see Anthony Richardson play fast, not have too much on his plate, and just keep the Colts out of bad situations and don't have those again, quite frankly, those disastrous plays that ultimately get you beat. Yeah, I remember listening to or watching a Manning cast last year, Matt, and Peyton said something to the effect of, like, one of, if not the most important job for a quarterback is identify a bad play and don't make it worse. Like, you're mm-hmm. going to get to the line of scrimmages, you're going to get late in, in, in a play clock and realize, oh boy, this does not look good. Acknowledge that and identify it properly, but then don't compound it. And in a way, and I know it was not all his fault, that's what you saw in the Buffalo interception. You know, that that there was something that went wrong. Once you see that go wrong with Isaiah McKenzie, the miscommunication, don't right. make it worse. Andy, I know you got one more. Well, yeah, one more. Listen, I think I think Richardson absolutely is going to look like he belongs uh, out there. I think he. I think there's a great chance of him being a talk of the NFL week one. Uh, what do they need? Last one for me, Matt Taylor joining us on the Pay Less Liquors Hotline. What do they need, you know, on the field, off the field? What do they need and what do you think they'll get here early season from Shaq Leonard? Oh, man, good question. I mean, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, Shaq has really surprised all of us. I mean, it's, it's been a classic case really since training camp started of, of uh, you know, underselling and over-delivering. I mean, you know, Chris Ballard in his introductory training camp press conference said, you know, they're going to ease Shaq back and, 
you know, he's not going to be a full participant right out of the gate. Well, he was. I mean, he did way more early on in training camp than what the Colts let on. And the arrow has just been up and up and up on Shaq this entire time, this entire offseason. Uh, I know he's got a little bit of a hiccup there with the concussion, but he's cleared that. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't think I'd be surprised either way, to be honest with you. I mean, if he's on a pitch count, that wouldn't surprise me. They've got a lot of trust and belief in EJ Speed, and rightfully so. But I also wouldn't be shocked, KB and, and Andy, if he went out there and played 60 snaps. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's just kind of how this has gone the entire time where, again, they've under-promised and, and over-delivered on Shaq Leonard, and I think that's kind of the way he wants it. That's the way the Colts want it. Um, but it's just crazy to me that, you know, he's had all of these setbacks in terms of procedures and surgeries, and he's still in a position to play week one. And I think that's the biggest thing. The next time you see Shaq Leonard on the field, again, playing a majority of the game or close to the entire game with 60, 70 snaps, you'll know he's 110% ready to do that because he came out and said, the next time I, I play, I'm, I'm going to take myself into consideration. Right? I came back too, too fast last year. I wasn't the same player. I hated watching myself on film. I was a liability for this team. I don't want to do that anymore. Like I hate to be on the sidelines, but when I'm when I'm out there, I need to be out there in the same player. I need to be the same guy I was in 2019 and 2020. It's crazy to me. The guy's got 35. He's been part of 35 takeaway plays in his NFL career. He's got 15 picks. He leads all linebackers in interceptions since 2018. And I love what Rick Venturi had to say this week on our podcast. Like, Shaq Leonard's just a—he's just a football player. He's like a magnet. It's like he doesn't even play a position. He's just out there hawking the ball and changing the game. I mean, obviously he's got responsibilities and keys like that, but he just is like no other player the Colts have had in a long, long time. And if they can get him out there on the field on Sunday, I mean, I just think that's a, a mental mm-hmm. boost, a spiritual lift, and if I they agree. Can get those game game changing takeaway plays. I mean, that was the saving grace of the defense two years ago in 2021. And, you know, they didn't have that last year because, quite frank, frankly, they didn't have Leonard last year. And it was tough for them to get stops, and it was tough for them to get off the field and keep teams out of the end zone and the red zone. And so that's where I think a healthy Shaq Leonard plays the biggest part in this Colts defense. But we'll see kind of what that looks like on Sunday. Again, he is the voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor, Rick Venturi, Lara Overton, and him will have your coverage. Our pregame coverage is going to begin at 9 a.m. I'll hop on with JMV in that 9 o'clock hour, and then we'll have you all the way through the postgame show with Greg Rakestraw and Bill Brooks. All right, Matt, uh, who do I need to talk to? We got Kenny Wayne Shepard on the National Anthem. Then for him to break into happy birthday to you after that, who do I, who, who do I need to talk to for that? Well, you got a credential. I'll get you on the field. So just go down there. Oh, slip sure. 20. <laughs> yeah, slip, slip him a 20. Hey, Mr. Shepard. A 20. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm sure he's going to be yeah, l- listening to me for that. Speaking of listening, we'll be doing that coming up on Sunday. Matt, I know how excited you get this time of year, not just for your birthday, but certainly for what's coming at 1 o'clock on Sunday. So congrats on that, and I uh, can't wait to hear your calls this season. Have a good call, man. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Have a great weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you on Sunday. Last segment of Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. 
Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The show. Good week uh, of shows, I think, fellas. Game week. We'll obviously be in here Monday at 7 a.m. reacting to everything that happens or doesn't happen to the Colts on Saturday or on Sunday, I should say. Obviously, Indiana back in action tonight. All the high school action. Purdue football in action on Saturday. So it is busy, busy, busy as we head into week four of the high schools, week two of college, and now week one of the NFL. Uh, Feeling good. Good. I hope everyone's fantasy teams stink it up like mine usually do, and that's where we are. So you ready to give uh, our picks? And I guess, KB, the best thing to say is we're going to spice this up in the next week or so, right? Is that the best way to say what we're going to be doing, spicing it up? Yeah, we are, and before we give out our picks, I've got to say this. Right now, and I mean this in all seriousness, the United States playing in the semifinals of the World Cup, the best player on the floor, U.S. and Germany, is Daniel freaking Tice. Oh, dude, he had a beast of a... No, I turned Pacer, it off finally, but... center, Daniel Tice. Is well, there you li- go. He, the U.S. cannot guard him. He's making plays off the dribble. They got him in a um, <laughs> in a deal, what was it, I guess a couple months ago. And it was one of these things like, oh, yeah, they're just going to trade him. Like, you know, it's one of those that they got Serge Ibaka for like a few Ooh. minutes. And now all of a sudden I'm watching him, I'm like... Dan- like, Daniel Tice is legit. And-, and I always knew he was a nice little backup center, but boy... Bad for the Americans, good for the Pacers. So, yeah, Germany right now up five with the ball, and uh, it's just, uh, midway point of the third quarter. So, you want to take calls? We'll the final see. six minutes, Daniel Tice calls. I, I, to hell with the Colts. Daniel Tice it's or Tice Miles time. Turner. You know, maybe <laughs> maybe that'll be the debate. Daniel uh, Tice emerging for the Pacers will do what for the win loss record? So, some nervous moments for Team USA here as they try to advance to the gold medal game. Currently down eight oh, to we're down eight Germany as Dennis Schroeder oh. knocks home a three. Um, yeah, so we're going to give our picks every Friday like you know we typically yeah. do. But you know, I, I figure this, Andy, with you, obviously Mark isn't currently in this stage. Mark, your youngest is what, three? Two. Two. Um, so you're out of this stage. Uh, Andy, you won't be in it for a few more months, mm. but currently we are in the where did Max Bowen go stage? Like, I could have sworn he was just in this room, and next thing you know, he's crawling, and you hear him on step five, and it's like, oh, gosh, please don't fall down, Max. So I thought, you know what? (laughs) Our picks, I mean, it's coming from the dude that had the Raiders in the Super Bowl last year. Uh, Let's let my one-year-old son pick the Colts and Jags game as well. Max will turn one tomorrow. So we will be, and I will tweet out the video here in a bit, but last night I got uh, those mini football helmets for my nephew, okay? So each week my nephew, Teddy, he positions all, and right now you got all 32, he positions all 32 helmets with the matchups. God bless him, man. So sets that up to be his week. to be his age, man. I, mean, I, I just it, it really is the best thing. I Literally. was doing that at like age twenty five. I'm a nerd. <laughs> well, he, yeah, he is six. Uh, I was doing it on Mass Avenue last night. I had all the helmets out there, <laughs> and so I'm like, all right, Teddy, I need Colts and Jags, and let's line Max up and see which helmet he crawls to. So Max Bowen made his pick. I sent you guys mm-hmm. the the video. There were some moments there that I thought Max was gonna. I thought for a moment there. 
he was just going to abstain from picking and go tie like Colts Texans in the opener well, last year. I was about to say it happened last year. I got nervous there. Uh, you could tell his sister was losing a little bit of steam there and the fact that he wouldn't make a selection. But eventually, with a Gronk spike, to emphasize it, he's got the Jags money line coming yeah, up. Yeah, it, it looked it looked like his sister was trying to persuade him to take the Colts. I know, yeah. Uh, I don't know what was going on, but I could tell she was not happy that he was the star of the video. Correct. Yes, she and could that, not have liked that she was not the star of the video. That is an accurate depiction of how our life is. So, Jags, head, head not heart for Max Bowen. Correct. Head not heart there. So, Jags money line for him. I guess I'll, I'll go ahead and go first. I'll go 27-20 Jags. And, you know, I've said it all week long. I think the Indy defensive line is the must-show-up group for you to have a legit chance. I mean, Trevor Lawrence last year, 45 of 52. 45 of 52 in the two games. You've got a young secondary. I think it's premature to have massive expectations for them facing this Calvin Ridley wideout group. Um, I think your D-line has got... To deliver, I think there will be Anthony Richardson moments. Mm-hmm. I do, um, but I, I still am going to hover around twenty for the offense. So I will say Jacksonville twenty-seven twenty in this opener. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I'm going to go twenty-eight sixteen Jacksonville. I, I think the Colts can, you know, maybe even perhaps win the first quarter, win the first half, be there at halftime, and eventually all of the talent that Jacksonville, not only at quarterback, the better coaching uh, that they have had since getting rid of Urban. Meyer, and then just on top of it, too many weapons. And eventually the Colts busted coverage. They make some mistakes. Richardson or a running back fumbles, whatever it may be. I think they're in this game. I think they're in this game third quarter, and I think in the fourth quarter, Jacksonville kind of picks it up, right? I mean, after the sleepiness maybe of the beginning of the game, and I think they put the Colts away 28-16. to um, And I think we're going to have to try to figure out on Monday if it's one of those that you're like, okay, you know, he settled for three field goals sort of thing. If you can Turn those into touchdowns. You can win games. Uh, but I'm going to go 28-16. to 16 And uh, obviously super interested to see what Anthony Richardson does. I think Kevin looked at my paper. I have Jaguars 27, Colts 20. Oh, maybe you looked at mine. Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk are going to give the young, inexperienced secondary some fits. On top of that, you got Evan Ingram, Travis Etienne. Could be a bit of, I, bit of I issues. I really like Jacksonville's skill group. I, I, yeah, I, there might not be like an all pro, but I think there is a They're lot just of solid. talent. Yeah, within that group, and again, that's why I put so much onus on that Colts defensive line to be the disruptor. And you know, we asked Matt Taylor a little bit about that earlier in the nine o'clock hour. You know, think back to the loss to Washington last season, the loss to Philadelphia, moments in the fourth quarter where you get one defensive stop and you win that game. Mm-hmm. And Taylor Heineke and Jalen Hurts are making these plays that keep drives alive and ultimately win both of those road games. Um, You need your D-line to be a closing-type unit. We saw late in that game Detroit. I thought, you know, up front, they really stepped up last night in making some plays late with that one. Yeah, so is Anthony Richardson here, you know, is he how much of a talk is he going to be if he balls out, if he struggles of NFL week one? And then I think on Monday we come in here and Shane Steichen, right? If he, you know, if he knows a rule or doesn't know a rule or misses on a challenge flag or, you know, something coaching wise, I'm sure we'll be evaluating him. But it's a new start for the Colts. And you said that to begin the show. There is excitement there. It's a new start. You have a competent coach. You have a competent quarterback. You have young guys. You have a young team. 
team, and let's see what they do on Sunday. Patience is key, but there is hope. There is injection of life, and finally, we will be talking about actual real football for the 2023 Colts on Monday. Andy, good luck with the move. Appreciate it, guys. Everybody have a wonderful weekend. Thanks for tuning in to the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy.